episode of the Fired Up Podcast, or as I've been telling people that I don't really like, the FU Podcast. Uh, and today we wanted to get into multiple topics of things that have us fired up this week. But first, you know, I got to tell you, go out to our Facebook page, go out to our iTunes, our Twitter, go ahead and follow, like, subscribe. If you like what we're saying, you could even leave us a nice, a nice review. Uh, you can also email us that we set up last week at thefireduppodcast at gmail.com. You know, with anything, uh, we check it. Send us an FU. Yeah, just a quick FU or something that maybe you're fired up about. Uh, today, we've got Thrones on the docket. We've also got a very special Trump rant from JD. And then I'm fired up about the new HBO documentary, The Defiant Ones. So we're going to get into all three of those topics this week to kind of uh, expand our subject matter, which I think that you guys are kind of fired up about. Uh, so first, let's get into it. Let's get into some Thrones. Now... JD, just like the show did, I want to start off a little bit talking about Arya, because that cold open was, to quote you, savage. That's what I needed in my life. It was. I needed Arya back in my life like that. And she came back in a great way. Now, do you ever watch the after the show? I do. The interviews? Did you see what they said about this one where they said, well, David Bradley's acting was so good, we had to put it before the opening. I feel like they've just had so many other returns spoiled by the montage in the beginning with the intro and then having that actor's name up there. Uh-huh. And I feel like the real reason they did it is they just didn't want people to know that he was in the episode. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, right. I mean, it was a good way to go out for him. He like, so there are so many great characters in Thrones and so many great villains that it's sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? I'm glad he's dead, but I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm no. miss him a little bit. I think he acted the shit out of that scene. Not only, you know, being Walter Frey, but I felt like, and they kind of said this in the interview, I mean, he was doing things that were subtle to make you think that it was Arya. Yeah. Right? Like little things um, so that we could tell. So I thought that was great. So anyway, I also wanted to bring up the fact that she killed so many people. I'm in a fantasy league, Game of Thrones, shout out. I have second pick. And you know what? Arya was not even on my list because I thought she would be more of a quiet killer, go down her list one by one. So I took Jon Snow because you get points for things like going to the the High Council, overtaking an old house killing another character things that he you know he's not gonna die yeah. so i felt like well he's not gonna die again so i felt like that was a good pick Arya maxed out on the number of kills you can get in one episode which is 10 Ooh. in one scene like i said that is savage it, that's like uh that's like a 25 point steph curry first quarter <laughs> just, it, it was it was gnarly and it Heat was such check. A, it was such a good way to go out uh for david bradley and a great intro so the, sa- the opening was savage, and since we're talking about Arya, let's talk about what people want to talk a little bit about, Ed Sheeran. Oh, that's now the one testy thing, subject. The one thing I like about Ed Sheeran was that he was singing a song from the books. He was singing that, the hands of gold are always cold. Did you think he was going to just sing an Ed Sheeran song? <laughs> <laughs> Shape of your body. That's the only line I know, and I don't even know if it's right. Um what did you think about that scene? No, I think we disagreed. And then I think I've disagreed with most people that I've talked to. Um, I know Bradley was a little upset about it. Oh, Munoz, yeah. it kind of throw it throws people out of the realm of Westeros or, you know. That's exactly what Mike Sandwick said as well. He said, he just threw me for a loop and I couldn't get back into it. And see, for me, it was just, I had to ask Steph, I go, is that, is that Ed Sheeran? Because I don't really know what Ed Sheeran, like I know he's kind of like this goofy, uh, like ginger kid and. I caught on pretty fast, but then it, I, I could step right back into the episode pretty quickly. Um, now, did you think so, – so the Ed Sheeran thing didn't bother you as much, but did you like the scene in general? Because I think that part of my issue was that the scene just didn't seem 
if they don't show up again and it has no bearing on Arya's humanity, then I'm scared that it didn't mean anything other than get Ed in it. No, I don't I don't think that was the point. Um I mean, I think the point of the scene was to show that Arya still does have like she's not just a killer, you know. And there is going to be things that will bring her back from just deciding to go on just this killing rampage. She can see that there's this group of guys unarmed treating her well, um, talking about their dads. And I don't know. I think that was the point. I don't think we'll ever see them again. You don't think so? You don't think maybe we'll see them when she's on a road to Winterfell? But if it just if, him performing at like a, a stage show, it's just an acting show. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting that in the beginning of the scene, you know, you're seeing it from her point of view and they are, she's like looking at the swords. And so you can tell that she's kind yeah, of sizing yeah, them up. Yeah. Um, but then she doesn't do anything. Now, the one thing that I did. And you can like, tell she's not scared at oh, all. Like, no, if, you know, if it comes to blows, yeah. she's going to murk them. Now, Sharon would get that ass though. Oh, Sharon. Right. Surprised he didn't in the scene. The one thing that I thought was silly about the scene is the guy that said he wanted a daughter in Westeros. Nobody wants a daughter in Westeros. Yeah, that makes no sense. I didn't even think about that. But that makes zero no sense. sense. Like the only thing that we've seen is raping and pillaging and women getting yeah. treated like shit. I just want a dainty little five foot, hundred pound daughter. Yeah, to take care with of me. Huge boobs that'll attract the men. And then she'll be a whore, and that'll be it. So anyway, I thought that part was a little silly. Okay, a neck. You know, another topic of discussion. For oh, this I episode. hope he's recurring now. Ed Sheeran. Just to get everyone. <laughs> I did. I read that he had to like delete his Twitter. Yeah, like, he man. Went people were upset. See, I didn't get the the anger of it. I I will say that, like you said, you didn't get taken out of the scene when I watched it a second time. Uh, this morning, <laughs> he it didn't matter to me. Uh, as soon as he was, no matter that he was on screen or off, I was focusing on other things, yeah. um, like the camera work and uh, the other guys telling the story and stuff like that. And I wanted to know kind of what blackberry wine tasted like because it looked pretty bad. Uh, so anyway, it didn't. Yeah. Ma- it was fine. Now the other question I think was there were some disagreements between Sansa, Sansa, and John. Are you Team Sansa or Team John? Do you think that he should have? given up some of the houses uh, to her how do you think they i'm team sansa in terms of you got to punish people who now sansa wasn't on your list of rising stars this this year but is she oh sansa's moving on up although mormont still is killing it L- little lady mormont i mean she's just the kid that, yeah. that has always been the best yeah so sansa's an adult now and she's making she's actually Dude, she's turning into cersei not turning into cersei in like an evil way but like i don't know when she uh when she gave the quip to Littlefinger about like, oh, you don't need to have the last word. We'll assume it's something clever. Yeah. It's like, man, that is that is a Cersei thing to say. To be fair, it was going to be clever. It was. I yeah. don't know what it was going to be, but it was going to be. Good. You know what? She's smart. And John needs to appreciate the fact that she's smart and he needs to listen to other people. I thought it was kind of a weird, kind of a weird throw at his character where he's not necessarily listening. Because he's always been somebody who's been pretty open minded, I feel like, going back to uh, Castle Black. So that was a uh, – I don't know. I think he'll come around. Now, do you think – well, I think part of it is he doesn't know Sansa. He doesn't know anything about her. He's been taking – Yeah, that's true. He's yeah. been taking direction from – I mean, I think it's the men kind men, of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And even when Melisandre showed up, it was kind of like, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Now – You know what little part I liked with that one right mm-hmm. after they had the disagreement where she, like, compared him to Joffrey and he goes, do you really think I'm Joffrey? And she goes, nah, you're, like, the furthest thing from Joffrey. And he's just like – 
thank you. Yeah. Just like <laughs> politeness. Just thank you. I, I did like, uh, and Mike actually alluded to this, we should have some conversations with him, where it was good to see that there was open discourse between these people because I think a lot of times what we see are people just just not listening to other people. And so to have them walk and have those admissions, like, do you think Joffrey was a good king? Well, do you really think I'm Joffrey? Yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. questioning each other and having a conversation yeah. and a debate was good. What would you have done with the Karstarks and the Umbers? Something along the lines of Sansa, where it's, you got to punish them a little bit. You know, I don't know if there's something that you can do a little less than you know take their castle, and you're not going to like imprison them. But you would want to reward the people who stuck with you, who fought alongside you, and you know didn't kill your brother. Yes, and, and that's that's the one thing that I have a problem with. I don't really have a problem with the Karstarks because. The Karstark, Lord Rickard Karstark, killed the two guys, but he paid for it with his head. And the yeah, Umbers yeah. are the ones that need something. Yeah. Because they gave up Rickon, and uh, the Ringer, the Meister, actually said this. He said, he beheaded the sigil of your house. He took the head of a dire wolf. Yeah. You, that is not unpunishable. So I think at the very least, the Umbers needed to pay. Uh, and I think they could have paid with a ward. Or a hostage like yep. Theon, yep. and I think what you do is you make Ned Umber marry Lyanna Mormont. I Ooh. think get get some fealty. I bet he'd be loyal with her. I mean, right. But Arranged the worst marriages. part is, is that it just brought two more kids into another scene. And they it's didn't like, even. Man, they didn't even do anything. How can you hate them? Nah, I think they were the just the vows. That was enough. Just. Like, John wants the loyalty of two little shit kids. Like, now, now and always. All right, now I'm with – just execute them all. Oh, my gosh. See, that's not how you win the North. You would be a <laughs> terrible ruler. Uh, okay, Sansa and John. I'm still Team John. I, I like what he did. Let's talk about the people that we didn't – that we weren't looking forward to this year. Uh, and yours, originally, last episode – you were not excited for Euron. Ooh, wrong. But how hey. much did they change him? So that's like me saying Sansa. I was like, no, no, no. I was wrong. I'm you're sorry. on team. I was Euron. just kidding. I was. You're on team. You're on now. I mean, they gave him a little more, a little more pizzazz, a little more personality, some killer one line, one one liners. Oh my god, he had so many jokes. Dude, just with the burning, the burning two, Jamie. The good two hands was yeah. great. Killing a brother, it's great. You should try it. Like just right in front of his grill, like, yeah, do something. Now that was that was uh, pretty savage. Yeah, no, that was great. Just he's full of confidence. And do you think now? Let's talk about what you is nailed his... that, by the way, right? I yeah, did. You're on, you're on yeah. Cersei. Uh, what do you think the gift is? Um, we've talked. It could be the Dragonbinder, which I don't think people is that really a. It's not really a show thing. It's not a show thing. It's a book thing. Euron yeah. comes back to the Iron Islands with this horn that he says can bind people to dragons. On the internet, it's kind of a popular theory that he may pull it out. We think it's a little bit too late in the season. We also think that maybe, I think there was a little misdirection talking about Tyrion in the scene right before, um, and maybe that you know Euron will go and try to get his head or something like that, but obviously he's very well protected. I mean, other than the gift, I just it could think... could be a total surprise. It's, it seems like it might have to be because there's not... What does Cersei need? Like I don't know. She needs a Three cells, armies? A sellsword yeah. army. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and you and the time thing where he builds a thousand ships doesn't bother you too much. Well, that is ridiculous, <laughs> but I'll get over it. I mean, I think that we talked about this just now. It, it's not as big for us. So much stuff happens. Theon and Yara sailed from the Iron Islands all the way to Meereen and back. Yeah, I in, mean, in the same amount of time that he listen, there are dragons and giants and <laughs> zombie walkers. It's like I'll just assume they had this massive production line. 
with never-ending trees. In a show like this, does the timeline matter to you as much, or is it just kind of something that you see as like nah, I don't think, a little? I don't think about it at just all. Just a little silly. Yeah, yeah. Now, something like Breaking Bad, are you more acute, like in tune with the timeline? Oh yeah, but of because course. of the, what they show, that's is. more real time. This is fantasy. Uh, okay, and then the one that I was down on was Sam. Now I think we both talked about this. Why does there need to be a montage of him shitting and picking up the food and then all that just mushed together with the vomiting sounds? There was no music, if you remember, and so it was just the sounds of what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I think Sam— I thought it was very Breaking Bad, speaking of Breaking Bad. like They do montage. some montages where they're a little quirky, and it's like, I can get behind them. It's like nothing's really going on in Sam's scenes, really. So I did say the one issue I had with it, it's like, man, when you have that shit in there, do not dump it into the toilet like from 15 feet. That is going to splash everywhere. Put it down. Do it gently. It's like he's never dumped shit before, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, you know, he's been uh, in the Night's Watch where they've just got stewards to do that. really nitpicking the first yeah. episode. But, but I, I, like, I like that scene. You like the montage? Yeah. Uh, the thing I like about Sam is they kind of, it seems like they're done with him looking for Dragon Glass. It seems like they, he found it. Uh, by the way, if you notice the Valyrian dagger in the photo booth in the book, Brands, Brands dagger, yeah, the one that got Brand. Yep. So that's I don't know if it's going to come into play or if that was just a little, little nugget. Yeah, a little yeah. nugget, a little Easter egg. But um, I thought that it felt like they were closing up shop on the dragon glass. Like, oh, here's this raven going out to John, and because now we're introduced to Jorah, who's in the cell, and just not keeping his hands to himself. Seriously, chill out. Chill out bro. Why do you need to shoot out your hand? I don't know. Can't he just say he's going uh, nuts? I think. Excuse me. Uh, can can you tell me if if Danny's here? Yeah, just a little. Is he voluntarily committed there? I, I would imagine so. They right got to go to yeah, Old Town. Yeah. Now, and now he probably doesn't get out. They're like, hey, no. you want to get out? Like, nah, I don't think so. Dude. Because they, he's not touching anybody. And you know, from oh, and I, I'm sure you go mad. Well, look, if you remember the scene where they jump on him, I mean, they're just yeah, attacking they're crazy. him. They're crazy. Yeah. I am glad oh, that he's for there, him, though. though. You know, I'm glad because I do think that. And Joe Benyak was the one that told us Jor and Sam are going to get together, right? Yeah, that was a good call. That was a great call great by Benyak. Call. And now it makes sense that I think Jorah, if he gets healed, is going to get the Heartsbane sword that Sam has. Ooh, I can party with that. A little, little Valyrian yeah. steel. Yeah. So I think Sam's also. It was nice of them to close up shop on the Dragon Glass. I think that's fine. John's going to go to Dragonstone and try to get a bunch, so I'm not worried about that. I do think it'll be a lot better. If we can have some secret like night interactions with Jorah and stuff like that, um, I think that could be pretty cool, especially if he is going a little bit crazy. Um, Does he poop stones? Huh. I don't know. I just thought about that. Or is it just you still liquid? You think about the weirdest things. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, because that bowl he was handing him was the food, right? What if it's just a rock? <laughs> just a heavy... It'd be easier for... Just like those turds you have after a long uh, Vegas weekend. Sam, Sam would still probably drop it from 15 feet, and it would splatter into 15 Yeah, pieces. it would just get more shit on him. That storyline. Figure it not, out, Sam. Maybe it's not going places. Daenerys. All right, what's up with the Cribs episode of Dragonstone? Like, yeah, it's was, just... I rewatched the episode, and it got to Danny's scene. And it's like, Danny, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of her storyline. So, okay. And I honestly, I just fast forwarded through it. Just, I wanted to see how much time it was. It was five and a half minutes of her just walking up. It's like, get it. It's symbolic. She finally made it west. Cool. It seems to spend a lot of CGI money on it too. It feels like, but it just seemed to me like it would almost <clears throat> do more for her character if there was something there that she had to interact with to get them out. 
I know that Stannis probably left like a small skeleton garrison, nothing crazy, but nobody there. Maybe just like a door just, code, a, <laughs> a door code that she gets cracks at the gate. Just a realtor's in there. <laughs> but I'm thinking anybody would be better than her just walking. Show up and have them be some squatters. Have her get attacked, and they got to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's just a squatter, but there's got to be something on the island. It just didn't make any sense to me that there was nobody. There. That would be the worst ending to the episode. There's just, like, three bums just in on Stannis's uh, oh my gosh. And map. It's they table map. Her. <laughs> uh, also, by the way, did you notice how ha- white her hair is? No, I did not. They are fully turning her into a Targaryen. It has gone hmm. from blonde to white. Interesting. Yeah. I did not notice that. All right. Um, just a couple more. Let's do uh, The Wall. Three different people mentioned the wall this episode. John, the Archmaester, and the Hound. Mm-hmm. And they all said it stood for a thousand years. Does it come down, or are they going to go around it? Well, the Hound, it seemed like his vision was where the sea met the wall. So I don't know whether they're going around it or not. I still think the wall is going to come down. I've always subscribed to the theory. It's like, oh, you don't just build a massive wall unless you're going to tear it down. Like, just for George's narrative. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Now, last time I had mentioned that Bran, you know, would have, maybe he holds the key of going into his vision and getting the thing to come down, kind of like he was in Blood Raven's cave. Now that he's through the wall, I'm not so sure if that's true anymore, Mm -hmm. because he's through the wall. Um, They're coming, though. I mean, even the hounds saw it in the fire. Now, they're going to come, and they're coming to Eastwatch, and everybody knows that, right? John knows it. Oh, by the way, Bran, we don't care about Bran's storyline anymore, do we? I mean, uh, he'll probably give us some good visions, but you know the only thing I got out of that, I think Mira Reed is marked for death. She's got. If she stays at the wall. I feel like everyone at the wall is gonna die. Oh, Dolores, Ed, yeah. our boy. He's really the only guy left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that we know. That we, that, we, that we know. That we care about. I don't think the giants there anymore. And then Tormund is also going to Eastwatch. So we we could see Tormund. Oh, we're probably gonna lose Tormund the, this year. The Hound is going to Eastwatch. They could meet up with Mel. Maybe she's going to Eastwatch also. I mean, we could have a little party at Eastwatch. Uh, how about that Tormund Brienne? I That's what I was just going to say. I, I was going to say, I take it back. Tormund is not going to die. We're getting a Tormund Brienne spinoff. That's all I want. Happily ever after. That's all I want. Uh, the looks that he keeps giving her. Oh, my God. So good. That eyebrow up. Just oh. a, little, a little crazy. You're but... a lucky man. <laughs> no, it was good. Um, those kind of interactions are really fun. Tormund. Podrick. I, in every scene that he's in, I love it. Just this little nerd that wants to be a knight. Yeah. Um, so I thought that stuff was good. Gosh, anything else from the Game of Thrones? I mean, I mean the Brotherhood. It's probably you might have called that one where I think it might be the funnest storyline to follow. Just uh, I think it's the Hound's be. total redemption. Um, I was asking you, like, when did he really turn? Was it when he talked to the High Septon? Because it kind of was at the point where he'd given up, like, wasn't gonna try, and then the Septon really got the idea in his head that you know you can you can make right a lot of the things you've done and you don't just have to be a shitty person for the rest of your life like you can change i think that part of it was him beforehand he'd always had this little protector thing like he had protected sansa uh in the red keep when he was there from the rape and when they had the riot yeah he protected aria Aria. so i think he's always had a little bit of this protector but he was always going to go full tilt i do think that him so close to death and uh, the high septon coming in and saying, you know, yeah. kind of saving him essentially, um, which is kind of why we saw him as yeah. the grave digger and putting those bodies to rest. And I mean, because he was kind of responsible for their death. He killed them. Yeah, he killed them. They had no food, and that was the last of their money. Yeah. Um, and so, 
it's you know it's a testament to the hound and hit, that's a big character change and that's why i like watching him so much and now that he's having visions in the fire God, i'm so good. interested to see kind of where he takes this because he's so scared of it but now he understands like what's going on so is he part of the chosen one now does he get an answer as to why he didn't die which is why he asked the high septon he actually had that conversation with him last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Why? So does now he? Why has am a I purpose. still alive? It's yeah. Because like, I'm a big fucker and I'm hard to kill. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He is. He is. He's yeah. a huge guy. Turning uh, down the rum. I like that. Yeah. Too sweet, dude. Look at him. He's just, you know, he's he's got a quality palate, and yeah, he's not going to compromise it. And I said, drink. He would not like Fireball. No, God no. Double entendre right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, so I do think the Hound is still the best storyline. Uh, I do wonder if maybe Barrett goes the way of he's going to die and Thoros is going to start. I don't know, bring him back the Hound. Just bring back whoever, dude. Man, bring him, bring them all back. Um, bring back Shireen. Five. Not Ed Shireen. No, no, no. Shireen. <laughs> Which you actually spelled earlier in your notes to me. You spelled Wrong? it Shireen. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I have no idea. Hard name. Five people that we didn't see in this episode. You tell me if we're going to see them in the next episode. Quick. Melisandre. Yes. Gendry. No. Dario. No. Olena. I hope so. Theon. Yes. Ilya Martell. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically the people that we are. Yeah, some of the people we didn't get. Yeah. Mel yeah. Melisandre should absolutely be in there soon. I think Olena we're going to get because it's like Liana Mormont. She's just a fan favorite. Yeah. For they got to sure. have they her. Know, they know who people like. It's like the Sand Snakes. It's going to be, oh, no, they were lost at sea. It's like, oh, bummer. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank the old gods and the new. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one last thing, Jamie and Cersei. Do you still think that Jamie's on the path to be the Queen Slayer? Yes, I do. Yeah, you can see it even she, more. I think one of the Cersei kills Jamie. Jamie kills Cersei. That little part where he's like, she asked him like, uh, what was it? Either she asked whether he's afraid of her, yeah. and then he goes, "Are you angry at me? No. no Are you afraid, afraid of me? me?" And he goes, "Should I be?" And then it was like a weird look. It's like, man, should he be? God, you suck. But you know, he's on his toes now. Now, do you think that because he's with Cersei, he's backtracking? Do you think he's always going to back her? Because he does mock her a no. little bit when he says three kingdoms at best, right? It's true. I mean, they barely yeah. have to be. All right, so that's Jamie and Cersei. That'll be fun to just kind of keep watch on. All right. I mean, I'm fired up for some more thrones. I do think that Jon leaves Winterfell soon. I actually think he's going to go down to, to King's Landing or Ooh, go south. I think he's going south. Um, because Sansa was kind of pushing him that way when she says, we got enemies Ooh, to the south, right. and yeah, there's yeah. no wall. Yeah. Right? And then she says, every enemy that Cersei has had, she murders. And then she said, you know, and then they talk about, compare her to Cersei. But I do think that Jon uh, is actually going to travel away from Winterfell, and I think he's going to do it without Sansa, and I think that's where we can get some weird, creepy Sansa little finger, little finger stuff. Yeah, like trying to, man, just yeah. she's not as protected. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Sometimes I wish Game of Thrones was just like a Netflix show and was just all, all at once. No, isn't it better this way? No, you get, uh, I like it. I like you, you know get what? the you get the week. It helps the Cause, pod. Because you know what's sad? You know what's sad? Mm. There's only six episodes left in this. Oh, man, I wish you hadn't said that. Now, but I'm they're sad. longer. They're longer. Now episodes, I'm sad. So. The, the last two is t the last the penultimate one is ten minutes, and then the last one's eighty minutes, which yeah. is gonna be awesome, like a little mini movie. And we're not gonna have Danny walking around for five and a half minutes. Oh my god! Oh, where's she going? It's oh, just, up the steps. You know, when you just follow her up all those steps. The Game of Thrones music is so good; they waste a whole bunch of music. I feel like on five and a half minutes of walking. <laughs> like seriously, Tyrion can't even walk up all those stairs. Yeah, that would be tough. Did man. you see that little waddle he was doing up the stairs? He can't even do it. Put him on Grey Worm's back. <laughs> anyway, we're fired up for Game of Thrones episode two. Anything else? I think we're good. 
I think we're good. Any, oh. any predictions? I think yeah. my only real prediction is John goes south. I do think that Euron is going to get the head of a dwarf that's not Tyrion, and I do think that he might maim it and try to pass it off as Tyrion, just because Euron is stupid like that, and Tyrion was <laughs> Tyrion's ungettable. Like he's just going to be hidden with Danny the whole time. Fair. Uh, so that's kind of one of my predictions. But I think other than that, I don't know. I'm just ready for the next episode. Yep. All right. So now because we want to bring out to you guys other subjects and topics and stuff like that we are we don't just get fired up about game of thrones we get fired up about all sorts of stuff uh and jd is particularly fired up about trump healthcare, and russia it's been boiling for what what are we into this presidency now <sighs> seven months nearing God. seven months and yeah. i'm not gonna talk about politics that much we don't need that much but you know for the first one we're venturing off just let me get a little Get a little off my chest yeah. for you guys. Please do, JD. The mic is yours. And I'm just focusing on the recent stuff. And that's healthcare, which we can kind of breeze through pretty quick. I mean, it's a 99% dead. Yeah, I mean, I think as of today, they're still trying to bring it back. And it's ridiculous because it's pretty clear at this point that they're not... I mean, Trump's not doing any work with it at all to help it, which whatever. But it's pretty clear that they cannot appease both sides of the moderate side of the Republican party and the conservative side. Like they're going to get no's on either side. And so they decided, Oh, well, we'll just repeal it and replace it later, which would not work uh-uh. because you can't repeal it. And then say in two years, it's going to be gone because then all the insurers would just be like, Oh, well, we're going to leave the market because it's going to be gone in two years. And so the CBO came out they're like, Oh, 17 million people would lose insurance. So that's kind of a non-starter as it has been in general since they've been trying to repeal or they voted seven years straight to repeal it and like oh okay you got you want to repeal it okay like oh but do we like ah we can't really agree we don't know how to govern we just know how to win elections but anyways healthcare i think is in the past to your question yep um the only thing that could happen now which would be the most savage move is that Trump can still unilaterally undermine the insurance markets because basically they're called cost-sharing reductions that the federal government sends out to the states to subsidize healthcare for poor people. And he could basically make the call to not send those out, which would, yeah, it would basically just screw up the insurance market. And that's if he talks like, okay, I don't want us to take the blame for Obamacare failing. But if he does that, he would literally be the reason why Obamacare is failing. Like Obamacare is not failing and it would be doing better if more Republican governors got behind because a lot of these CSR payments in like the most conservative states, they've said, it's like, oh, we don't want the federal government money. It's like, oh, really? You don't want free money to your state to help keep people healthy? It's like, you are a terrible person. Yeah, like, don't tell your constituents yeah, that. Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, the people who have gotten it, like the, I mean, the conservative states that have taken it, like the Kentuckys and the West Virginias, if those are back, like, it's, they're the ones who are hit hardest. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones where it's why you're, you're not having a good time taking away health care from people. Like, it's hard to take away. An entitlement. That's what people are. And I think Obama knew that, and he set it up that way. And he knew it's like, oh, once people have something, you can't take it away. Anyways, so now, yeah, 
but you're fired up now. Oh, it's <laughs> Russia time, dude. I want this investigation to end. I need to know what's going on. All the Don Jr. stuff fires me up. All the lying really fires me up. And the fact that they're so stupid about the lying fires me up the most. Like, the this bullshit, like, we're being transparent. I saw somebody, somebody compared it to, to Twitter where it's, if your wife came home with a video that some mistress sent her, and you're like, oh, I'm sleeping with this woman. It's like, oh, that's not being transparent. Like, you were going to get got just then. And now you're like, this act of transparency after everyone, like, found out what you've been lying about for, what, what was that, a year ago when they, when they, Over, when they met? Like, yeah, it was in June. June 6th, it was, was in it? June. June 6th or June 9th. Yeah, lying about on security clearance forms. Um, so, yeah, now we're at the point where, I don't know, is he the dumbest of the Trump kids? He, yes. I think in, he is. In my opinion, yes. We don't know much about the uh, Tiffany. Poor sweet Tiffany. Oh, yeah. You know what? She's actually doing the best probably out of all of them. Probably. I yeah. mean, it's just... You so, say there's nothing there. Everything's absurd. All this talk of any Russian contact is absurd. It's like, oh, you met with Russians. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there was just one or two people there. And it's like, okay, well, that's not true. And so, yeah, the article that we were talking about, it's a Wall Street Journal editorial, um, conservative publication... I think it was it was written. I don't know if they gave the name, but it's like by people who are defend Trump it, defenders. It's just the ad- yeah, editorial. you know, and it's basically their advice where it's like, hey, it's gone to the point that it's too much. It's hard to defend you. You need to come clean about everything, every phone call, every meeting, every discussion. Just come clean. And so my beef with that was it's like I'm reading it, and it's just it's like, does it not occur to them? That if they come clean about everything, it would be way worse than just dragging it out like they're doing and hoping that there are bits and pieces that just aren't discovered. It's that, because the confession would be worse than exactly. yeah, because there's a chance that I mean, who knows? It's really speculation at this point. But this, I mean, the Donald Jr. meeting—it's weird. Like it's yeah. the people they're meeting with is weird. Like. So there's an ex-Soviet spy. Yep. This lawyer who handles all sorts of like he he does he was the money launderer, right? No, was, that's not the Soviet spy. Oh, the Soviet the, spy Renat Akhmetshin. Yeah. So the money launderer was the last guy that there was the translator and then the the money launderer who it's crazy. He had like two thousand shell companies here. Really? He was investigated in two in the year two thousand. Still has them like. Uh, Politico went to these office buildings which are just empty, mail piling up but they're making all their payments it's just a way to launder money out of Russia because I mean the more you read about it, it's like when you have money in Russia you want it out of Russia because if it stays in Russia there's a good chance it's going to get stolen in Russia like, Putin's getting that money I mean, man. now and the one thing what's crazy too is you get things like he'll go on Donald Trump is just an idiot because he'll go on a Hannity show and he literally said and I read this in the Vanity Fair article this is everything. This is it. And then the money launderer came out. I mean, that's what makes it look worse. And, and that's the, what we're talking about in that article, just right? Line, dude. It's just like, it makes it look so much worse. It makes it look obviously that you're hiding. Like, yeah. All right. What else God, are you fired then, up about them? And I mean, we and that's we're not even really getting into Trump and how he's just. It's the transparency the of the worst administration. president of all time. Well, we could, but he's we sp- a deal maker, dude. He, 
he says he's a he, deal the maker. art of the deal is gonna go down as the biggest like it'll be like a parody book it's like wait this guy wrote a book about making deals is this gonna be like mark tressman's book what's <laughs> i just have oh, you've that. been thinking of that one dude <laughs> that been, burn on tressman been waiting all day to use that oh joke. my god all right 45 percent of trump voters polled today think that trump jr met with the russians he literally posted the emails to his goddamn Twitter about meeting with the Russians. That's what it's like. It makes everything just so infuriating. Where it's like, what do you? How do you talk to somebody? And I will say, I don't know many Trump voters. Like, really, probably none are listening to this. But the few I've actually like gotten in conversation, it's really hard to talk to them. Do you wonder if that poll, I haven't seen it, I saw the numbers, but I know with polling, and I know that the polling place that did it was a little left-leaning, do you find that maybe the questions are a little just leading in terms yeah, of misleading? misleading. Like if it it's could like, be. I if mean, there are four answers and one of them is, yes, I don't think, I'm not sure, but then they loop it in. 45% is a lot. Yeah. It's almost half, I mean, it's something that he admitted to. Fox News came, Fox News came out with polls today, and it was, are you, do you approve? Or disapprove on how Trump handles Russia, the economy, healthcare. He's at more greater disapprove every single one, and that's fo- that's like and that's Fox ooh. News. The money laundering thing, it could be big. We don't know Trump's taxes. We don't know where his money's tied up. Manafort came out today, where he owed like he was getting paid by the pro-Russia Ukrainian, like the pro-Russia side of the Ukrainian government, mm-hmm. which is like the Putin side. Um, but then another, it came out today that he has like $17 million of debts yet. He was working for Trump's campaign as his campaign manager for free. And it's like, do you I don't think, know. It's just a lot of smoke. Do you think that we, sh- that more people should be demanding his taxes? As I don't know how you couldn't as an American citizen, if you're a Republican congressman, like if you really just don't give a shit about what he's involved with. I mean, that sucks, but, like, how can you not be curious about how he's exposed to this? And then the stuff that came out yesterday where he's meeting with Putin, it's just him, Putin, and Putin's translator? Yeah, not even your own? Not even an American citizen in a meeting. That is, like, unprecedented. Mm -hmm. We don't even have, like, Tillerson. Even if Tillerson's, like, involved, like, you want another American there. You want an American translator there just so that Putin doesn't come out. And blackmail you through some other way. Like, if that's getting record, recorded in Putin's meeting, or, you know, he can say you said something and what's your rebuttal? It's just you talking to Putin for an hour, which is just bizarre. Like, Isn't it funny that Tillerson was nominated and all of us kind of went, oh, I don't really like that. And you know what? He's probably the most, not pragmatic, but he's the one that I don't worry the most about, I feel like. I mean, he has deep Russia ties. He does, but he's... he got, like, the Medal of Freedom. But you've Russia. also heard all the stories. He doesn't want this job. He's, and I feel like he's actually, he, I'm not saying anybody that he's nominated is going to be great, but he's like yeah. the least of the, no, evils. I think it's like McMaster is supposed to be like pretty respected in the, uh, like military community and, um, trying to blank on the other guy, but that's like, it's like it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, do yeah. you think that Trump's administration is going to come after the media and the intelligence services? Oh, that more? was, yeah, that was the other thing I think I probably wrote down or something. So it's like, okay, and the whole fake news thing, you understand why they do it. You want to discredit the media because that's who's giving people information. Like, and people, I mean, 
I guess it works with a small segment that literally only watches Fox News who doesn't report on what's happening. Like you look at what's what Tucker Carlson is covering and it's like, oh, he's he, he's covering a gypsy colony two days ago. He's reporting on gypsies. And it's like, Ugh. bro, are you serious right now? Like we're in a the golden age of information and media. Like if you want to get your information, you can get it from so many different places. And whenever I bring up Fox News, people are like, oh, MSNBC. It's like, no, I don't listen to it. Like, I don't watch MSNBC. Like, yeah. you can, I read more than I watch. And that's a big problem is that people don't read. They just go to, uh, like, three or four major media companies who don't do a great job of reporting news. And even then, and they s- might just put on one and then leave. Yeah, exactly. And then they put it on and they're going to so, make dinner. And so, yeah, it's going to be – the obvious shift of discrediting the news media. And so what's going to happen soon, mark my words, is that Trump is going to come out harder and harder against the intelligence organizations because once these investigations get finished, it's not going to be the media reporting on these. It's going to be facts from the FBI, the NSA, like conversations that are heard between Kushner and... And because they're so dumb, Kushner and the Russians being like, hey, let's set up a back channel at your embassy to contact the Kremlin. It's like, oh, man. I mean, treason's like a really shitty word, but that's like on the way to treason. I mean, like obstruction. We're getting to a whole bunch of stuff that they can get on with. So, yeah, I'm good. JD's fired up about Trump. Uh, I don't promise that that'll be the last one, but I do promise that I do not promise that we are going to have more subject matter. That's just how we're doing things at the Fired Up podcast now. You know, we're multicultural. Uh, so I'm fired up this week because a documentary came out over the weekend or last week at some point. Uh, the Defiant Ones that I think a lot of people have watched. I watched it. A lot. Of, it's very good, right? It's fantastic. It has a bunch of stuff that I love in it. I love Dr. Dre. Um, it, Dr. Dre was my first big rap foray. Uh, I wasn't like my sister who at the age of 12, uh, was buying Jay-Z albums. Uh, but you know, when I was 14, 15, Dr. Dre came out with 2001 and 99 when I was 13 and right around when I went into high school, this was the album for some reason that everybody was playing and that I got really into. Now I know the chronic was his seminal album a little earlier 94 or something like yeah. that and so i was eight yeah. and it wasn't quite my album and i know you were into yeah, your mom's rock. not letting you listen oh, to that no 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 <laughs> you know bruce too he's not letting me do that but the the dre's 2001 is like my album and so from the watcher to explosive to forgot about dre which i think every kid knew in 2001 all the lyrics to mm-hmm. uh i just that album was so awesome and so it's a documentary essentially about dr dre and jimmy Iveen who basically started Beats and then it got sold. Uh, but it's about much more than that. It covers the span of Dre's entire life. It goes through Compton. It goes through Tupac and Death Row Records. It goes to Aftermath. How much of Jimmy, how much did you know about Jimmy Iovine before the documentary? I did not know that much. And I also find that for me, I like to find things out that I don't know about. I love Yeah, that's the best in. part. Yeah. A&R executives, all these record producers, I don't know anything about them. So when they come in and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing the record engineer. He's the engineer for a Born to Run, yeah, Springsteen's album. Yeah. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Um, he's dating Stevie Nicks for years and years, and I didn't know anything about that. He produced or he engineered yeah. a Belladonna, um, and he's working with Patti Smith and John Lennon. So I didn't know that much about Jimmy Iovine other than whenever beats would come up, they'd talk about him. Mm-hmm. And then as the executive of Interscope, that's kind of how I knew him. Yeah, that's how I but knew I him too. Really was like, I remember he's worked. I remember listening to like. I was big into Eminem, and I remember just, you know, hearing his name once or twice, you know, 
not even really knowing his role, but just knowing that he was like, you know, one of the higher ups at Interscope that helped him out. And I didn't know how much uh, of a, this really goes into how he started to find some artists and his philosophy about finding artists. And the best thing that I heard from him was, it's like when you go and you manage a team and you just try to hire the best people possible. And that's all Jimmy did. He's like, I'm gonna hire the best producers so that those producers go out and do their thing. And you know who he hired? Trent Reznor and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Uh, the other reason that this the Defiant Ones is awesome is I am a sucker for home video footage of anything related to artists, rappers. I have had more than one night where I was on YouTube finding just in a black hole of ciphers and rap battles and all these old school. I love that kind of stuff. And so you get to see Snoop Dogg, Eazy-E, Ice Cube, the DOC, all the people that they put in straight out of Compton, they have that original footage. Like Eazy-E mm -hmm. learning to rap from Dr. Dre when he's going over those lines over yeah, and over. Yeah, with that unique voice. So, oh my God, that yeah, easy yeah. E voice. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's the part I really liked the most was just all this, the footage. Snoop Dogg looks, one, oh, the same. I was just going to say, you know what I respect about Snoop Dogg? Is that, you know, he just had the same lanky body from when he was like 17 to when he's like, what, 45 now? Oh, yeah, at least. It's my future, man. Yeah. No. Just just no chest. No. Just, yeah. And he's smoking in every single scene. I like when he says that Dr. Dre is such a master recorder that he likes perfection. And he goes, when you come to the studio with Dre, you got to prepare. And he has literally, it's over a foot long, the blunt that he brings into the studio. Uh, but it's a great, if you like hip hop and you like just masterful storytelling with interviews from everybody uh, famous from the West Coast. They had Puffy in there, no Jay-Z or anything like that. Nobody really from Bad Boy Records. A lot of Death Row. Uh, yeah, they had Puff. Lucas. That was, I mean, I was surprised they got Puffy for the whole. Dude, they showed the Source Awards where Suge Knight got on stage and basically clowned on Puffy. Yeah. Uh, and then Snoop Dogg That was the thing that kind of blew it all up. Yeah. And then I know you'll love this. The third episode, if you're looking for a specific one, is all pretty much about Death Row Records and Tupac. Ugh. And it was more Tupac footage. Look, don't get me wrong. I love that the fact that Straight Outta Compton came out, which was good. Um, and Tupac came out, which sucked. And Notorious, that came out, that was okay. I like that hip-hop movies are being made, but hip-hop documentaries are so fire. I heard somebody's doing one on... It might be the guys who did OJ Made in America. Somebody's making one on Tupac. Oh, the ESPN guys? Yeah. Ezra, the... Uh... Yeah, somebody. It's maybe I don't know. Somebody's doing it. But See, that's, I need a full Tupac documentary. That's the stuff. When I bleached my eyeballs after that Tupac movie. Oh, it was so bad. But all the different video footage that they have of him, not just all the interviews we've seen, but like the House of Blues concert when he takes Nas's oh. song and raps Dude. over it. It was a that's that's a sticking point in my relationship with Steph, where she was kind of like, "What is wrong with this motherfucker?" <laughs> Because it, she we were, didn't, no, we were talking about like if you could see one show in, over the course of your life, like what would it be? And I think hers was like, oh, the Beatles in their prime, Sgt. Pepper's. And I was like, so there was this House of Blues show that Tupac was at, like really in his heyday. And I don't care if I was the only white kid there, like oh, I would have killed to have seen him live. And you did. just going, ugh, oh, just going, going in on hard, the hard man. It was. It was a great documentary. Um, if you like any of that stuff, I would check it out. It spans four decades. It's HBO yeah. puts out such good. Did you shit. get a kick out of the? Cause it's always funny when they go to like the record executives, and it's just old fat white guys. Oh my god! It's like, that's Steve, why you kind of respect Jimmy Iovine because he like, you got a feel for that man. He really has a feel for all these different types of music where he can hear 
Springsteen early on and be like, this guy's going to be something. Or he can hear Dre and it's like, oh, like sign that. No doubt. Sign, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be a star in six years. And it's like, oh, six years later, she's a star. It was insane. Yeah. It, you do, and the, But then you see some of the record executives like Steve Gottlieb, who was the douchey one that held uh, – was that the no, Nine Inch Nails? The Nine Inch Nails guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. he held the Nine Inch Nails guy, and it's just like everyone hates him. Signing him Trent to Reza seven albums, yeah. like oh my goodness. Uh, Telling them the album's terrible and the album just blows up. Oh, it's like oh, you, don't you know suck. Trent Reznor just crushes after that. And did then, you find Jimmy Iovine and like that? Like, are they responsible for the the stuff blowing up? Because that's what I was kind of wondering. It's like, man, you're kind of in the shit with these guys. You mean and just it made, the, like it was the only part where I didn't like where it's like, could they have done more to settle this stuff down, or is it just a do different cultures where there's nothing they could have done to? Because I mean, a lot of it's like, man, like some of this, some of these lyrics are getting pretty heated. I think Jimmy is a little bit at fault because he didn't rein Suge Knight in. But I'm not sure that the Suge Knight was you in Tupac. You try to Tupac. rain Suge Knight in. Well, that's the thing. And Suge Knight is in Tupac's ear. I don't think Tupac really wanted to do too much of that. and Because that's kind of what they talk about. Suge Knight is in his ear. Dre even says it. And he goes, yeah, people get beat in the studio, da-da-da-da. And he's like, oh, you saw this? And he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, he's scared of Suge Knight. He's scared of, but he knows. Nah, like, if you're Knight. smart, you're scared of Suge Knight. And so that's what I think Jimmy. Even when he is in prison right now. Wasn't forceful enough. I just, you know what I mean? Maybe he saw him and said, all right, cool. Let him do their thing. Yeah, I think he might have actually like stepped on that a little bit. It was like, okay, you don't want to infringe on anybody's free speech, but at the same time, it's like because that's what he did, right? Speech he said, can lead like violent speech can lead to violent actions. But he was also saying, let me say what we want, right? So it doesn't go both ways. And I think he was taking the stance of, yeah. let him say what he wants. And Man, so, he I, is he for yeah. not knowing much about him. He has those qualities that you hear about with like these successful people. It's like, man. I don't know how you got a drive like that, but you have a drive like nobody I've ever seen. Him like, and you, Dre. Like, you would have been successful doing whatever you wanted to do. Like You chose to get into music. It's like, God damn. Yeah, that, that is one of those. That is something that you can tell from him. And they do a great job of editing that into the documentary where they'll cutaways and he's always on his phone and he's slanging and he's working hard. And it's just a really well done documentary as well. I like when he's... Uh, <laughs> He's pretending to be the engineer, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you mix a little bit of this, mix a little bit of that," and yeah. they do it to his voice. Yeah. I thought that was awesome in the in the thing as well. So yeah, and all the beats, the beat stuff was interesting too. Because yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know that much about. Uh... And I could kind of tell where towards the end, I think everybody was like, "Oh, beats kind of suck," and it's like, you know what? They say it in there. Do they? I don't even know. Hardware is hard to make, yeah. and so when you get that big, you kind of sacrifice a little bit of quality. And then you know what their goal was? Just market the shit make out of it. Three billion dollars. Yeah. That was their goal, and they did it. And now they're building high schools in Compton. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway. Recommended. Fired up about the Defiant Ones. That's a good one. I think that's our show for today. That's it. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back. See you later. Bye.